0: Welcome everyone to another episode of Classroom to Staffroom where we talk all things teaching. I'm joined by my co-host Jody Epier. How are we all? I'm Miles O'Kane, and we look forward to taking you all along for the ride. My man, we are back. Yes. For the listeners out there and the viewers, we do apologise. Uh, but we're back now. We're back now to bring yes. the inspiration, bring the classroom goodness. <laughs> it's, uh, it's good to be back. Yes, It's good. The sun is out, my man. Holidays are done now and we're back raring to go for week one. Well, man, the holidays, they got through it. How it feel to be back now with week one, under almost coming under the wraps?
1: Yeah, I must say, like it's always like, personally, I've been in the game long enough, I actually look forward to coming back to school. Mm-hmm. It's actually trying to get back into routine. Yep. But once you get back in the flow, oh, it's just making sure that we're ticking boxes and getting all our things that we need to make sure, yep. uh, assessments, whatever else. But it's just I think it's just nice to get back to see the kids, see the staff have a bit of a banter. Um, you can
0: definitely see the energy is different, <laughs> yeah. can't you? And I know especially for staff as well as students, you get to those last couple of weeks in term yeah. and it feels like you're just fighting to survive, <laughs> whereas the first couple of weeks you just bang, everyone's bouncing around, people oh, are yeah. smiling. But it's, uh, you were saying
1: the students? Yep, just get back to, get back to see a lot of the kids and um, just see how they are, see what they got up to um, and reset their expectations upon them. And the cool thing is at the same time is just Coming in with that enthusiasm, letting the kids know that, you know, can do better. we keep going we're three quarters through the race. We've just got this last quarter to get through, man. That's us.
0: And <laughs> here we go. Yeah. Winding down now. Um, all right, we're going to skip reflections and go straight mm. into the question. <laughs> all right. If you had to have walk-in music to your classroom, Woo-hoo. only one song. You can't
1: change the song. Or a song from an
0: artist what would it be?
1: That's a good question. Because automatically, I'm not going to lie, first thing that came to my, my mind was Ultimate Warrior when he entered into the ring.
0: Ultimate Warrior? <laughs> That's an interesting one. WW, was it F back then? Yeah, I tell you, you wouldn't be wearing a mask into the room, would you? <laughs> no. That could be a surprise for the students. Um, yeah. Just because it is you were a wrestling fan back in the day? Yeah, absolutely. Were you? Was, man. Were you? Hulk Hogan. Oh, the Stone Cold Man! Oh yes, three sixteen, <laughs> mate. Those are uh, those late nineties. You cannot pass Stone Cold. I would have to be, I think, Raging as a Machine. Oh yes, Raging Against a Machine or Run the Jewels. No, in particular song. Which I guess those those days, you want some downtime or kind of relax. It's not going to help you. But I think for me, I definitely need that energy to start with yeah. for most lessons, especially those lower school classes. You to come in raring to go, make sure everything's around you. Hitting the uh, hitting the targets, yeah. and then going from there. Okay, so I think I think most of the episodes so far that we've looked at have been quite positive. You yeah. know, I think we're both quite positive people. I think it might be good to sort of flip it up today. Yeah. What I want to do is, with our experience, our time in the teaching game, mm. look at our pet peeves or pet frustrations that we've got from the teaching profession, the way I've looked at it, the way I've organised, I think, three talking points. Talking point one being our frustrations maybe with the teaching profession in general, Mm. going down to, drilling down into maybe at a school level, not a particular school, but being different schools we've worked at things that sort of frustrate the time then at a classroom level. Mm. Yeah? Yeah? So, starting off with my one, I keep saying it, since I've started teaching, I've always been involved. a teacher of mathematics. I still find it, um, especially when I meet new people, I'm a bit wary to tell them that I'm actually a math teacher <laughs> because before I know it, I'm being quizzed on my math ability. Yeah. For example, we, I thought I was done. I thought I was past this. I thought I could handle these situations. was at a barbecue recently and with some new people I hadn't met before. Usual small talk started up. Um, they asked me what I did for a profession <laughs> told i was a math teacher turned out that this person had a degree in engineering straight away it was almost like what do you know what do you don't know okay now maybe i am being slightly paranoid about this but it's definitely the conversation going forward definitely took more a turn into math knowledge i know in previous episodes i've talked about when i was traveling through europe in my younger days um when you go through backpacker joints and you are having a good time. Usually there's the, uh, the liquids goodness around. There was times I was going from bar to bar there, being chased with questions and being, you know, sort of keeping me up and keeping the entertainment going, testing my, uh, my speed, math and mathematical knowledge. <laughs> but maybe maybe it's more, maybe it's insecurity for me as well because I don't think, although I was decent at math, going through heights, I never sort of reached the great heights. But it is definitely, I am a little bit curious about it. The other thing is what happened is, I tell people I'm a math teacher, normally they look at me and go, are you serious, you're definitely not a PE teacher? I'm like, no, no, I just because I've played a bit of sport in my life doesn't mean I you know, yeah, yeah. have a brain as well, yeah. not having to go with PE teachers. Yeah. But I think I'm used to getting that in my life, so that's kicking off for me. What about yourself?
1: Yeah, I'll tell you what. I'm just listening to what you are saying about... Uh... Meeting up with an engineer and it like a measuring, let's measure our knowledge against one another. Yep. That would have been a hard case to listen to. Um, I think one of the things that I look at for pet peeves in the wider scale is for myself personally, If when someone asks me what do I do, I always get them to try and guess. And the first thing, and I don't know why, this is just stereotypical, I think, mm. Most Māori people who come to Australia are working either as scaffies or some sort of trade or up in the mines of any of those three. And I'll I'll say to them, I'm actually, none of them, I'm actually, they go, what are you? I said, I'm a teacher. And they look at me sideways and think, what? And then part of the actual, um, what they believe is, oh, you must be in sports. And I say to them, yes, actually, I am am a sports teacher. Yep. But then I also say to them, but for the last few years, I've been more into maths. And um, they're like, what? They look, at, they look at you sort of like, hey. <laughs> so it's trying to change that stereotype. And then all of a sudden, when they look at you thinking, oh, you know a bit about math, they're like, oh, they take a backward step and look at you slightly sideways. I guess the, the people must have an image of what a
0: math teacher is out there, don't you? <laughs> yeah. And I, like, I, 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 Maybe I look back at my schooling experience, and there probably was a kind of trend to what math teachers looked yes. like. Without going too much into it, but I think these days maybe because there's such a shortage of math teachers, the teachers in general, but math teachers as well. Maybe it's just they're trying to throw anyone into a math course yeah. or to a classroom to teach math. But it's definitely, yeah. I mean, I think probably between the two of us, when we tell people that we do teach math, they're probably a bit taken it back, which is a funny one.
1: Um, I think we don't but, necessarily fill that mould.
0: No, we, no, no. But I don't actively go lie to people either and go, <laughs> yeah. you know, no, I'm actually a criminologist <laughs> this is what I do um, I think at times as well for people who aren't in the profession sort of the oversimplification of what teachers actually do each day but yeah. well, I know we keep talking about it with society changing and everything going on teachers are definitely getting more the workload is increasing oh. and I think anyone in the profession is well aware of that but I mean I think it's it's not just a nine to three job with holidays you know I mean I think it's Especially those early years, you're there for a while. Mm. You're doing your marking, your stuff. You're doing all your, your, planning after. I mean, the the nine to three days. If you're lucky on a good day, and then you're incredibly well organised, yes, you could possibly get out of there. But it's that's I think when people sort of say that who aren't teachers,
1: that drives me insane. And mm. well, I'll just touch on the, on a little bit of that one as well. Um, looking at what a lot of the um, when you say that you're a teacher. Um, they automatically go into, oh, you know, I wouldn't like to be a teacher in a sense because, you know, it must be really hard to control. And when they find out it's it's um, high school kids, it's even like, oh, it's even worse. Yep. But um. I, I say to them, you know, working in high school, I worked in primary schools, but working in high school, you see the fruits of your labor a lot quicker. Yes, you have all these other issues, but you actually see the fruits of your labor when you see that little light bulb moment that comes along a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. And then on the second one was... Because the stereotype is around and out there in public, they think, oh, you're a teacher, they automatically say, oh, you know, when you get holidays, oh, did you have to do all of your marking and, oh, did you have to do all of your preparation stuff for the next term or for Mm. the next year? Mm -hmm. But a lot of people must have a perception. They think that it's done during holidays. We actually do a lot of that stuff. At the beginning of the year, we do the bulk of it. At the end of the year, we do the bulk of it. And we just fine-tune as we go through. Yep. So, yes, so it, part of it is true, but the majority of the hard labour is done during the year. So we don't have to go, oh, man, let's go re- revamp the whole program again. They think that we have to just redo the whole thing. But...
0: Yeah, it's an experience thing, isn't it? Yeah. And I think it's definitely these days I don't do any work in the holidays, which is an active mm. thing I pursue. It's just because I know... The teachers need a life as well yeah, because definitely. teaching is the kind of thing you can switch on 24 7 and it just burns you out and i think it's yeah i think especially if you're using your time during the day well getting there at certain times and then using your dot time just to, to bang work out yeah. um that can, that can save some time as well but i mean the downside to that is it can be a little bit social mm-hmm. you know there's got to be a balance can be a bit social yeah. isolating as well what do you got, my
1: friends? <laughs> <laughs> I'll, look, I'll look at um, the other one with the pet pe- peeves of me, looking at it in general, is when you watch someone, and no disrespect to anyone out there, but when you watch someone telling someone how to teach and yet they struggle to do what they preach Mm. that's one of my biggest ones Mm. when you see someone who's oh you got to do like this you got to do like that Mm. and there are a lot of dynamics you got to take into into account the variables change every time especially with the different teacher in front and the kids and so forth but not one way suits all you know there are certain things that i can do that i might not be able to do another teacher can do and that's what we've got to take into account and i think if you're going to deliver a program and teach teachers how to do certain things you've always got to have that disclaimer that this works for me it's not going to work for everyone so it's when you hear someone talk about like do it this way
0: one size to fit all it's such a personal thing teaching it's such a personable thing and I I, I find that now when I've got prac teachers stuff that I use fits my personality Mm. And and I always make sure I preface that as well I go look this works for me maybe you've been a different personality try it out see what it works yep. but I think that that's the key to teaching as well yep. to be able to try stuff but it is yeah and I, I think it's not just in teaching for me in general people that sort of try to give you advice without backing it up mm. or actions doing more words Absolutely. not actions Absolutely. it should be actions not words mm. um, my last one on the sort of the macro vision of this all is the lack of respect that the teaching profession gets <laughs> I know I've said it before if you go way back when and teaching at different points in history, I mean, it was once among the most noble professions there was. You know, I man, you'd think that it still needs to be like that to be able to sort of educate people to get them to be able to provide society and get it to a better place. Mm. Um, but I think, especially in Western civilization and where we are, it's definitely, you know, it's almost like a backup plan of teaching. I know for us it wasn't, um, but it seems like. I think it's it's having the lack of respect it does definitely <laughs> is not helping pull teachers into the profession, young yes. teachers or new yes. teachers. Um, and it's annoying. It's annoying because, it, you know, as we know, teaching can be such an incredible thing. Mm. But like anything, it just takes time to get there and it takes the right guidance and the right support. Um, yeah, I think if, if, you know, if people were to see what we're doing day by day and then you'd imagine that respect would change for that, But it still seems to be quite dismissed and it's all about sort of easy hours and long holidays.
1: Yeah, that's it. I think that's one of the biggest perspectives that a lot of people out there have. Even my wife, prior to her becoming a chaplain, Mm -hmm. she used to think that very same thing. You have work for ten weeks and you get two weeks off. Right. And now she's been a chaplain and worked in the schooling system. She's like, man, I take my hat off to you, teachers, oh, okay. for all the things you guys have to deal yeah. with day to day. And it's it's because you wear so many different hats. You know, you're not just a teacher who's teaching math. There are so many other dynamics that you're doing all at one time. Mm-hmm. So as you say, the the profession from previous years, even when I went to school, I was actually. I respected my teachers a lot more because we are, our parents valued education and so forth. When I look at some students, as we see, and parents, somehow that luster has, has not there anymore, that it's not deemed to be something because the kids are coming in with these different types of attitudes and so forth. And teaching then becomes more about behavior management and teaching kids how to learn, just how to be civil. So, yeah the profession has lost its luster because society is changing in a different way it's become a way of i want things now i don't want to work for it i just want the answer the
0: instant gratification yeah yeah. okay so i think so drilling down from there so now we look at uh i guess i'm mid focus Mm. looking at a school level um so look for me and again this isn't throwing aim at any particular school we've mm. worked at mm. but for me personally it seems to be consistent in having meetings for the sake of meetings at times yep. and this is I try to steer myself more towards just using any minute I've got to get stuff done meetings can be very effective meetings not run um, with any structure or format mm. can get overbearing with time restraints as well and time constrictions not having them um, I think there's there's definitely a time and place for meetings, but I think it's definitely there needs to be the right balance of meetings held and then the format is run with. Mm. Not nice, a quick
1: one. Yourself? I, um, I look at my, and I reflect, and I've taught in two countries, back in New Zealand and here in Australia, mm-hmm. and in most schools that I've sort of worked in, there have been, we can notice that there are staff who are sort of like a nine to three and don't want to invest that. Uh, that little bit of effort that kids actually can see if you're there. So one of my pet peeves in a schooling um, perspective is when you find teachers, unfortunately, who get into the profession, I don't know if they're in it for the right reasons, um, and you just sort of want to make, and then they're telling you how they do things. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't add up. It's like, yeah, as I said earlier, when someone tells you to do something this way, and yet it contradicts everything that they do when they actually don't do it themselves.
0: I'll jump on that, man. a mm. classic example of that in teaching is when you have whole staff meetings, it always seems like the, the expression loudest in the room is, pers- <laughs> is usually the person who's not the strongest Absolutely. in their craft. <laughs> but I'm paraphrasing that. But it is, like it's the person that's always speaking the loudest and complaining yep. that's probably the one that's not doing stuff. Yep. And it goes the other way as well. I've heard teachers that have said all this incredible stuff. Mm. And I know them personally and I've seen them in the classroom yep. and it's nothing near that, you know. So it's, it's don't get me wrong, like you've got a complain, obviously send it forward, yep. but if you're consistently complaining about something yeah. and not taking any responsibility
1: yourself, I think that gets a little bit iffy. Yes, and if you're not coming up with solutions to try and deal with whatever mm-hmm. the issue is, that's where it becomes more of like you just end up just whining all the time. And then one of the other things that I've noticed inside a schooling system is the consistency of being on the same page across the whole school. Yes. You know, everyone has to be on the same page, because as soon as one goes in a different direction, it sort of opens up the floodgates for inconsistency to it. And that's one of my biggest ones, is that we're all on the same page here, and then all of a sudden one's not, or two's not, and then we're trying to establish a certain rule, i.e. let's talk about uh, the phone policies in place, We've just got to look at consistency is the key. It's always been the key. It's one thing that we talk about in teaching all the time. Consistency is the key.
0: Yeah, and I've, have, we both do, have got colleagues working at different schools throughout Western Australia. I think the phone one's a hard one. Mm. And I think it's because it's such a kids with a dopamine addiction now, for the students to be on the phone, I think schools, and schools are trying, um, just trying to have to be consistent. That's, it's mm. every teacher there, has to follow the path. Yeah, the other thing is probably it's probably like most professions, my pet peeve in teaching, like most professions, um, you get more work because you're good at what you do. Yes. You know, I think it's it's almost if you're good at what you do and you're quite um receptive to helping people, which most teachers are. But I mean that can then lead to people taking advantage of you, people yeah. giving you more stuff to do. Yeah. So it almost becomes it's which is a shame you get a little bit hesitant to put your hand up to take on new stuff or to to pioneer stuff because before you know it, you're getting all the responsibility yeah. and all the work for that. You know, you'd think – I think as people try to do that, I think people in higher-ups, because there's so much going on, it can be hard at times to to praise people and to make sure that those people aren't getting burned out themselves, mm. the good employees but it also is. It needs those people to be having difficult conversations yes, with the people that aren't pulling their weight. Yep, which can be tough. And everyone, you know, has their own um, personal problems and social situations, and energy levels vary throughout the day. But I think that's a big thing as well. Because if you have those difficult conversations, it sort of spreads that workload, yes. and that keeps the morale of the place absolutely. at a decent
1: level. Absolutely. And I'm just going to add just one more in there, and that this one here was when I was back in NZ. Um, one thing I noticed at one of the schools that I had was there, was, always, there are always people that are wanting to climb the ladder in admin or get into admin and pursue that avenue, which is great. Um, however, sometimes you look at some of them who jump into the role um, head first and the downside is that their inexperience sometimes shows... And because they've just got exuberance and and excited to jump into the position, great. Mm -hmm. But I think there's no substitute for experience, in a sense. I know you've got to get experience somewhere, but I've seen a lot of young staff jump up. And it's almost like you're watching young staff telling you what to do, yet your craft is a lot more developed, if it can be said that way. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's not contradicting, but it just seems, what is it? They're telling you, oh you need to do this, I'll do it this way. I'm thinking
0: I've found that sorry to cut yeah. in, I found that hard in the past with younger people
1: being put in a leadership position
0: and then coming across very much like you must do it this way. Mm. I as I've gotten older, I think it's oh, I get the suspicion is part of the naivety of the situation as well. Mm. Because they don't they want to be seen as doing the right thing all the time. Yeah. And if they aren't, you know that's that's their responsibility and their performance. Mm. But don't get me wrong. There can be people as well that just come in and say that. I think it's as you do as a practitioner, as we try to do in the math department. You see what's out there yep. and see what's working and what's not, and build from there. Mm. And a good leader should know what their their team can do and can't Absolutely. do, and how to build. But it is. I think especially because there's so much shortages across yeah. teaching across the nation, yeah. people are just getting backfilled everywhere, and probably possibly aren't ready for a position when they take it on. And might get a bit overwhelmed and stuff, and then suddenly they're trying to lash out. Yes. And it can, it, can, it can become a toxic situation,
1: yeah.
0: I think at times. All right, so talking point three. So we've gone from the macro, <coughs> looking at the teaching profession down to the school level. Now we get into the classroom level and look at what those students are doing mm. to possibly frustrate teachers. My one, I can spend meticulously explaining something for 10, 15 <laughs> minutes in detail, and you can see eyes oh, looking at you. You can see pencils in the hand, you can see how you writing stuff down at times, and then you get, you think you've killed the explanation, and then you get the, sir, what are we doing? And, or, you know, to bite my tongue with those emotions, my man, the patience needed for teaching is incredible. Yes. You know? These days, a lot better, but you just, it's, you're constantly making sure, and this is why... I say to students, go, this is why I need to keep you all together. Mm. So before I know it, this class of 25, I'm teaching 25 different lessons to cater to all of you at different levels. (laughs) So we start here with the majority, and then I can break off and work with you in small groups and individual. But I need you to do
1: your part as well. Yeah, that's right. I'm going to jump on that one. A system that I'm sort of putting in place over the last few weeks, back in Term 3 and even now, is the power of using the the small whiteboards Mm -hmm. inside the classroom. Oh, just the power that that the kids have a sense of power just behind it you know being able to write something get rid of it do something else engagement goes up oh, 20 right. when those whiteboards come out mate <laughs> <laughs> so we do not know we're doing the whiteboard and a lot of the a lot of the stuff because i like competition and because i know kids like competition i use a lot of boys versus girls now it may be this is just a system that's always worked for me Boys hate losing to the girls. They hate losing to girls. And girls love beating boys. They so It's do. a win-win situation. They do. So we had a game of, um, we were doing, uh, looking at uh, angles inside a triangle and so forth. Mm-hmm. And it's a simple questions. So I'll say, right, first question, this could be, what is the, how, how many angles add up on the inside of a triangle? And I said to the kids, right, you got five seconds. To write your answer. And you watch the competition, and they're all looking around, making sure everyone's thing. I said, right, show me your answer. The reason why I'm doing that one is because what you just said, some kids can fly below that radar, and constantly fly below because it just seems as though they they're not disrupting anyone, mm-hmm. but they actually have to show their board. Which makes means that have to be engaged in the conversation makes them accountable. Yeah, makes them accountable, and you watch them looking at the answer. So then I put um, I put a isosceles triangle on there, and I said, right, what's the first clue? And they said eyes. Sir. I said, well, what do you mean eyes? They go, oh, and eyes. I have how many eyes do we have? I said two. So what does that mean with an isosceles? I said, well, two angles are the same. So Great. So that was the next question. So what it is is just trying to. Um, recap a lot of the stuff that they've been taught But at the same time keeping them accountable At yeah. the same time making it try and be competitive And watching boys not wanting to lose the girls And girls are just I had four girls versus eight boys today And the, the girls just seemed so calm Like they just they just knew The boys had a little bit of panic And they were looking around Because they knew that one of their mates Didn't really know He was sort of guessing his way through the sort of thing. So that's where the accountability comes in So as you said just when you're talking to kids about learning and about a topic or whatever, when you hear that question, oh, what are we doing? Oh, how do we do this? Or, so I said... It drives question. me insane. Oh, yeah, man.
0: <laughs> because you do it. It's not like just sitting there and going, do this page. You're meticulously <laughs> explaining it. you oh, I'd love to be able to sit there, do nothing, zone out, yeah. and then just have a personal waiter come explain it. which brings me to my next pet peeve is students thinking I'm their waiter. <laughs> it's just like, you know, as a inspector, as soon as like... I. It's I know like attention spans are getting worse these days, but it's almost like kids just expect you to be their personal teacher. Like just even though like I'll be teaching on the board at times, and like there's students all looking at me. It's all quiet, and then a student will go, "What about this question is?" So I'm like, "Okay, just give me two seconds." I'm mm-hmm. back up at three before that. I'll get to that in a second. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to say it's bad to ask questions, but it's just to have a sense of okay. So let's just get everyone settled first, mm-hmm. and then we can build there. Or it's just like the. This, sir, uh, or the here now kind of stuff. I'm not your waiter,
1: I'm your high school teacher. We can go from there. One, of, one yeah. of the things that's been happening with a couple of kids is they come to math class, and this question gets me all the time What are we doing today, sir? <laughs> can someone answer this person's question, please? Someone, one person, uh, it's math, <laughs> and it's like, Thought your mouth math a go, so <laughs> It's like one of those ones where, mind you, the only reason why this person asks this question is because I teach them for two subjects in the same room. Yeah. So that's understandable. But on her to- on this pers- person's timetable, they knew that it was math. So it's, it's just really funny when they ask that question. And the other pet peeve on top of that is when half the class is there and the other, other half is still coming. hmm And the half that is there are always wanting to know, oh, what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And I don't know how many times I've said it. I said, I won't tell you until the whole class is here so I don't have to repeat myself twice. They go, oh, yeah, okay, so just wait patiently. And it's one of those things like because they're so engaged in wanting to hurry up and get whatever the topic is to learned, yes. they want to get going. So to counter that, short little um, activities for the stragglers just to pop around. So
0: Yep. Uh, so I think the, um, the final one for me is... Yeah, I think the, the students speaking when I'm speaking, mm. and it's more just because on the previous point, you need to get the instructions out, you need to explain it, because you know as a teacher and having some experience now that if you don't explain it, you're going to be sitting there with all the different students yeah. trying to individually explain yeah. it where you want to optimise the most effectiveness in the minimum time you have. Mm. But yeah, again, as you would be as well, you train that early in the year, to Know that and you just don't be talking, you know. As a student talks over, you just stop straight away. Yep. Don't let anyone speak over you, but I think it's it's key just to get in those directions out. Yeah. Um, and then actually, no, I'm gonna jump on one more, mate, because this is uh, kids of I find kids are fascinated with calculators, it's almost like it's got to a point in society <laughs> they've become prehistoric, but like they're just as soon as those calculators break out, they just want to press all the buttons, yeah. press all the buttons and do nothing, and you're like. I get it, this is, you know, mobile phones do most calculations these yeah. days, but this is what we used to use in a math class, this is what we have, don't have to push all the buttons at once yeah. to
1: try and get there. I think one of the things that brought me back to reflection when I was young, I think the only game we used to play with a calculator was that 1 plus 1 plus 1, and first to 100, and you race your mate, that's, that's what I remember with a calculator. <laughs> yeah. John goes fast as
0: you can. Oh. All right, so I think that's come to the end of the lesson. Um, parting wisdoms. Look, for me, I'm just happy to be back, my man, up and rolling for term four,
1: and then looking forward to a strong finish of the year. Nice one itself. Just it's good to be back, get back into the swing of things. Nice to be back at school, get into a bit of normality. Went back to NZ over the over the holidays, so sort of thing. So it's good to be back, mm-hmm. um, and just finish off with a um, finish off on a high. You know, finish strong. I think one of the biggest things that we've got to do, especially in term four, finish strong. At the end of every term, finish strong. That's that's one of my biggest things. Don't fizzle out. Don't get into that habit of if you're going to let kids out or you're going to start doing other activities, you're sort of setting yourself up for a little bit of failure there. Mm-hmm. Stay strong all the way through. Mm-hmm. And then when you decide to give them something, they're like, oh, wow, this is great. So don't give in too early.
0: Like always, thank you for listening, and we look forward to the next episode. Yo, thank you.